Hey there, and welcome to the Elevating Resilience Podcast. I'm your host, Ange Teeple. This podcast is all about diving into the real-life stories of adversity, showcasing optimism, resilience, and grit. We are a community of leaders who are focused on growth mindset and the power of resilience to make an impact on the world. Join us each week as we hear from everyday superheroes who elevate their minds and are resilient in their pursuit of excellence. We are stronger together, so join our movement. Subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, share an episode. We would love to have you part of this. Let's do our part to change the world by inspiring those around us. All right, Joe Nappy on my Elevating Resilience podcast, a blast from my past. What's up, Ange? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I'm so excited that I got to ink you in my calendar and get you here. Nice. So the reason why he's so busy, um, I'd like to share, first off, is I taught with Joe at Mom's Regional for, I would say, like 18 years. You kind of came in right after me. Right. Um, you were a football coach, so we became closer then. And then you became the voice of Mammoth. You became mm. the guy that organizes everything. And for me, you became the guy who got it done. And in to me, in education, sometimes outside of the classroom, you don't always have those people that stand up, raise their hand and say, I'll do it. And you did it better than anybody. And I would always love getting those text messages from you. And you wanted me to get something done. I wanted you to get something done. And you were always there, both you and your wife. So. You were definitely a bright spot for me at Mammoth Regional. Um, everything about you, watching your kids grow up, and it's uh, having you here now is an honor. Joe was uh, named the New Jersey Teacher of the Year, um, right. and my husband watched that, watch him go through that process, and we wished he was here to uh, see this because he's one of Joe, one of his favorite teachers that he was superintendent for, and so we're gonna get right into it because I wanted to have Joe on this podcast, not because you are the New Jersey Teacher of the Year, not because I think the world of you as a teacher and I know what the kids say, because you were one of the only teachers that they talked all the time about with a positive remark, but because your story is amazing and um, it it pretty much epitomizes elevating resilience. So I'm gonna stop talking finally and let you talk about from high school, what was it like for you as a student? Right. So, well, first of all, thanks. And, yeah. and I know you say I'm Mr. Mammoth, but when I came in 18 years ago, you were Mrs. Mammoth over there <laughs> doing everything, too. So I learned a lot from you oh, uh, in terms of doing all those things. So credit yeah. where credit is due over there. It was mm-hmm. a joy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that a lot of people find interesting about my story is I absolutely hated school for most <laughs> of my upbringing up yep. there. I was completely lost for years and years and years, really uh, from eighth grade on, you look at my, it's got, it would be interesting to like look through my uh, yearbooks mm-hmm. to see this. Cause I was kind of like a mm-hmm. doofy nerdy kind of kid, <laughs> you know, trying to feel his oats. And then, uh, suddenly eighth grade, my hair goes long <laughs> and my grades go low yeah. and I start getting suspended from school and I start mm-hmm. getting involved in all sorts of things that happen. And a lot of that goes back. Uh, you know, my parents were divorced. Uh, my mom struggled a lot. She was a single mom raising two kids. Uh, she was an oncology nurse, a pediatric oncology, working with kids with cancer. Um, and she treated my cousin. And my mm-hmm. cousin went through leukemia, really had a really tough time with it. Um, and she ended up having some real, real struggles that, you know, carried. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think, you know, this doing yeah. this job, uh, it's not always easy to leave that at mm-hmm. the door, you know, no. when you came home. Uh, and my dad had gone out, you know, being the big hearted guy that he is. Um, he married a woman from Oklahoma, my wonderful stepmother brought my uh, step family in. 
Um, but he was essentially, you know, a postal worker raising five kids yeah. and living in Hudson County, which I don't know if you know anything about property yes. values in Hudson County, mm-hmm. but not this is not an, uh, mm-hmm. an easy thing to burden. So, I, yeah. you know, for me, I was kind of starved for attention. Like I would just wanted somebody to yeah. pay attention to me. And it was really tough at that time. And I wasn't getting at home. So I was going to seek that out at school in sure. some of the worst possible ways that I could. So, uh, you know, eighth grade, I got sent home. Uh, at the end of the year, they, uh, I think I probably still hold a couple of records at Tinton Falls Middle School for like most detentions uh, served and things like that. But uh, they sent me home at the end of the year. I got no, no eighth grade trip, no uh, graduation. They were just like, get your diploma, get out of here. Uh, my mom thought that she could set me straight by sending me to RBC. So I went to RBC oh, wow. uh, enrolled in football over there. It was going to be great, but um, you know, you can move me. <laughs> out of that scenario but you didn't move me out yeah. of that scenario you know what i mean so yeah. when i got to rbc um i immediately had like more demerits i think than anybody's ever racked up in just a couple months so mm-hmm. i was kicked off the football team for fighting i got thrown out of the school for before thanksgiving uh and got sent to monmouth i was actually at monmouth regional for a couple weeks <laughs> when i came in there so by the time i made it to monmouth regional you yeah. sort of like expectations were set of me yeah. I was the kid who got thrown out of middle school. I was the kid who got thrown out of RBC. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you re- I, you weren't here for this. I bet you did, this was probably pre your time. But Monmouth Regional used to have this weird drop schedule. So we would have like it was an A day. It was a okay. B day. It was a C day. It was a D yeah, day. No. I got there in 2000. Yeah, it was a really wild schedule. And I showed up like Thanksgiving and everybody kind of knew what was going on. And they yeah. threw me right in. And it was just like they would say in the morning, they're like, it's an H day. <laughs> And I'm like, all right, what does that mean? And they're like, it's H-Day. Go to your H-Day class. And I'm like, all right. So I look at my schedule, your first period, go to my first period class. Yeah. This is, this is in your class. Good. It's H-Day. They just kept, they kept saying these letters to me over and over. So I go out. I did it like two or three times. I went to the first period, second period. was mm-hmm. wrong three times. And I was like, all right, I, I give up. I went outside of the school <laughs> over there and I got rounded up for cutting class. So like immediately first day, they dragged yeah. me in for cutting class. Um. My mom, when I had gotten thrown out of RBC, she, again, we didn't have a lot of money to send me to RBC. So she had gone to the church. We were both at at St. Anselm and she had asked the priest for a scholarship to send me to the school. So she got a a scholarship for me and then I got booted out of the school. So uh, salty is not, I don't think, a strong (laughs) enough word for how angry she was with me. Um, So she enrolled us in a youth probation program. So parents can do this in freehold where like if you have a troubled kid, you can enroll them in a program and they it's like being put on parole. So the parole officer gives you a set of standards. Like I was getting my curfew set by a parole officer. My grades were being checked by the parole officer. Um, So when I got that first detention, they made a big deal out of it to me. Mm -hmm. The second day I panicked because I was like, I can't go back. Like, I don't know what's happening. They're like giving me detention. They wouldn't listen to anything that I had to say. I tried to explain myself to the vice president. The vice president was like, I, I know who you are. You know what I mean? Like that was like, was the it way Bob they Nagel? Came. Oh, it was Nagel. Yeah. Okay. I, I wasn't going to throw him out there on this, but yeah, it was him. But he was like going to take a hard stand on me yeah. and show me how it was. Um, and when, you know, after that happened, the second day I didn't show up to school in the morning and I got suspended and my mom called my probation officer and then the police came mm-hmm. to my house and I tried to run from the police and I got arrested <laughs> and sent to juvenile hall and, oh boy. uh, I was put in a group home oh, because geez. that's the way that they, they yeah. handle that right there. It's like to show you the consequence that went in it. And then, uh, this proceeded like a legal battle between my parents, oh, wow. uh, to get me out of the group home. And I ended up moving in with my dad uh, in Bayonne so I went from there to him okay um and my dad's very like you know you got to do your job you got a job to do school's your job 
Mm-hmm. Um, and also your job is your job. He was his second job besides being a postal worker. He ran the daily news. So he was like the manager for the daily news. So I think I'm like one of the last paper boys. Oh, okay. That ever existed. So, there I used you to have go. To, so when I got to Bayonne, I was like, I got to get up at five 30 in the morning and do the papers. And then I got to go to school and then I got to come back and sometimes meet him in journal square to do the papers again. So it was a big, you know, a lot yeah. of work ethic and discipline, but that helped. It did definitely so to sort of like develop. I think I, I still see today sort of that work ethic that, yes. that he tried to drill into me um, at that point in time. But, you know, again, it, it's really what I was still looking for was, you know, a guidance or attention or something mm-hmm. like that. And like when I went to school, I was a pain in the ass. And when I came home, I was mm-hmm. a pain in the ass. So like, you know, I wasn't mm-hmm. really nobody was really reaching me yeah. uh, on that level. And that really was, I, I think, a struggle for me through those years. I mean, because yeah. high school did not end well for me. By no. the time I got through high school, I had, again, I look, you look back on my records and I missed an entire year of high school yeah. in truancy, Wow, just in cutting school. And again, yeah. it was because I could kind of work the system. My dad yeah. wasn't home. He was working three yeah. jobs. Yeah. Uh, me and my mom had completely lost contact. So you can imagine yeah. how, you know, yeah. that sort of, sure. I mean, I, I totally get now Yes. why she did what she did and yeah. how she was trying to instill mm-hmm. that to me. But again, mm-hmm. trying to get that across to a 14-year-old. Oh, yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, like, to me, I felt abandoned. I felt yes. like, you know, she didn't care about me. I mean, I know it's the complete opposite now. We have a great relationship. Yeah. But, uh, you know, at the time, that's how I felt. And my dad was super busy and mm-hmm. things were hectic. And I was just kind of on my own out there. Yeah. So, I was really lost. I mean, I think yeah. one of the things that helped me the most going through that period of time was talking with the secretary in the vice principal's office. It's kind of an odd place to think about, you know, going for help, but I spent so much time down there in trouble for different things. Um, And she would just talk to me about like, you know, you're a smart kid. Like, why do you do this to yourself? You know, you could do whatever you want. And really was one of the few people that kind of believed in me. That was really like, I want to see you do something. I want to see something. Was that March? Uh, this was in uh, oh, Bayonne, oh, yeah. Okay. So we were up there okay. as well. Okay. Um, so she really, you know, I, so I think nice. kind of. I was just going to ask you who yeah, was the trusted adult pushed in in that direction to go sure. there again, and mm-hmm. uh, we ended up moving out of Bayonne. My little brother, um, both of my older brothers had dropped out and gotten GEDs. Okay. So they did not have a great experience at, at Bayonne High School. Bayonne High School is a very interesting place. My, <laughs> my my first day of school there when I transferred, well, you want to talk yeah. about like a rude awakening coming mm-hmm. from Tinton Falls to up there. Like my very first day of school, they brought me in. I got a locker. I put my jacket in the locker. They take me down to guidance. They introduced me to this guy. We get put into a lockdown <laughs> while we're in guidance. So mm-hmm. everything's closed. We're in there. Uh, there was a stabbing in the hallway so a kid literally got stabbed to death on my locker that i had just put my clothes in so i I didn't even get to get my winter coat back because it was part of a crime scene (laughs) that was being here this is like the first day of school you know this kid gets murdered in the school and this is just like what where am i you know i mean like what just happened here you know (laughs) where where did i end up uh going in this sort of high school so that was a a huge transition a huge you know thing for me to Mm -hmm. go through that um and again, because of this sort of scenario that we were in, my little brother ends up living with my dad and they, he decides, you know, we're going to go get out of Bayonne. Like maybe mm-hmm. Bayonne is the problem. Let's get out of Bayonne. We're going to go down to Ocean County. Okay. So I went down to Ocean County. You know, I thought when I got down there, like, let me enroll in college. Let me try to mm-hmm. make some money. 
Um, so my dad, you know, at the time it was like computer science was the thing to do. So that's yeah. what I was going to do. I was going to be a computer scientist. I had okay. no interest. I, I was never happier mm-hmm. than not being in high school. You yeah. know? And, and again, my senior year ended the same way. I got yeah. caught forging doctor's notes oh, and at the end of senior year. And it was the same. It was like eighth grade all over again. They yeah. sent me home. They were like, no prom, no graduation, no nothing. Just get out of here. Yeah. And I remember um, Skripak, he was the, the vice principal up there when he talked to me. He said to me, you know, you coming back next year isn't going to do me any good. And it's not going to do you any good. He's mm-hmm. like, so just take it mm-hmm. and do something with your life. Like, mm-hmm. Just do something. You know, and I kept hearing that. I think that like that yeah. phrase really stuck in my head. I heard it from the secretary. I heard it yeah. from her. Um, still was kind of lost, went down to Ocean County College, got involved down there. And really like the event that changed my life was September 11th. Because I went, I was a sophomore in college when that happened. Okay. And I was completely, like, disgusted with computer science. I mean, I'm ADHD. I can't sit still. You know what I mean? Like, I'm (laughs) fidgeting. I got to jump. Like, you'll hear me moving around during this podcast. Um, And, like, sitting in a cubicle and solving math problems all day is not going to fly for me. But Mm -hmm. I needed money. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not from a family with a ton of money. So, to me, Mm -hmm. it was like I felt kind of trapped in that. Yeah. Um, and when September 11th happened, we had, because we lived in Bayonne, my stepmother ran a, a daycare center. Okay. So she watched a lot of people whose families worked in the World Trade Center. Um, wow. And we had really close relationships with two of them who mm-hmm. died. And it really, it shook me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was really something. I've had a, a couple of times in my life where I've had some real like... You yeah. know, slap across the face, sure. wake up kind of moments. And and 9-11 was one of them for me. I, re- I remember yeah. coming back from Colleen's funeral, um, you know, watching her kids cry on each other. You know, they're, they're about the same age, honestly, as my kids are right now. And, yeah. that, you know, they were never going to see mom again. Mm-hmm. And like when you get face to face with a situation like that, like I think a lot of kind of the BS falls away, sure. you know, where it's like, what is important here? Mm-hmm. Like, what is it? that I really want to do with my life. Um, and I think at that moment, like the thing that kind of jumped out to me was, you know, I want to do something that helps people. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to do something that was the opposite mm-hmm. of September. I think immediately my reaction was anger. You know, I think yeah. a lot of our reaction was anger, but after yeah. that anger kind of subsided and you start to realize like, Mm-hmm. you know what am i doing here like well, part of my view was i want to do something to help somebody and i had no idea what that was i was totally lost okay. but i was dating this girl called christina right <laughs> you, might, you might have met her I you know, know her as mrs Nappy, right? yeah and she said to me i think you should be a teacher now mm-hmm. she was going for teaching so i don't know how self-serving this was if she just wanted me to follow her into the <laughs> teaching program or where that was mm-hmm. or if she really saw something in me but uh you know we had a conversation after that that kind of mm-hmm. changed my life because i laughed at, like i laughed at the idea of being a teacher i'm like dude i'm so happy to be out of school i'm not going <laughs> yeah. back there's no way yeah. that you're getting me back into school um and she said to me you know if you're in charge you can make it whatever you want Mm-hmm. You know, like it doesn't have to be the way that you did. And I had never thought of that. Like it never yeah. occurred to me that like I didn't have to make school the way it was. Like school to me was just this thing yeah. that was there. It was, yeah. you know, you either did it or you didn't do it. Mm-hmm. I never felt involved in anything at school. Yeah. I felt like I was being taught at, like I was yeah. a cog in a machine. You could take me out, throw another kid in that seat and it didn't matter. Joe yeah. Nappy was not important yeah. to this particular thing so like that really got me thinking as i went into college and Mm -hmm. started about like what what was wrong with what happened to me could somebody have reached me Mm -hmm. in that situation you Mm -hmm. know what i mean because i'm not as like you know i I think i really do wish at some point in time that i had had more involvement with sports through that period of time because 
again, I was just working the entire time. So it was yeah. impossible for me to really put in that time and, yeah. and commit to being an athlete when I had to go yeah. and work with my father and go do those sort of yeah. things at that time. So I really wonder sometimes like if I had that coach, if I had that person yeah. to run there. Um, and when I got a chance, you know, uh, Jay Morrell was coaching yeah. for us at the mm -hmm. time and he came up to me and was like, you know, I know you're a good teacher. Uh, you know, I know you didn't play a lot of football over there. I mean, I'd only played a little bit freshman yeah. year. It wasn't like I had some, uh, you know, all-star, <laughs> uh, you know, NFL career here or something to hang my hat on. Uh. Um, and he came to me and said, you know, did you want to coach? And that was really another interesting moment for me because yeah. again, I like, I thought, you know, this is a real opportunity yeah. for me to reach people. Yeah. Um, and to do that. And I think, you know, coaching for me, I did it for 11 years. Uh, I mean, one of the most meaningful experiences of my life, because yeah. I, I don't, you know, I don't think you understand how much kids need guidance in oh, those yeah. years. And mm -hmm. for me, it was not getting it. Mm -hmm. That made me want to be that person mm -hmm. for somebody else. So yeah. like, to me, when I look back through this time period, like the thing that I'm most proud of when you ask me about this, it's not the accolades, it's not the no. awards. Mm -mm. It's those relationships that I built with kids where they were like me just lost yeah. in the world, you sure. know, because I, I fully get that I'm super lucky mm -hmm. in so many regards, yeah. you know, because so many people who tell a story like that of you know, running yes. away from their problems and running away from these things and hiding and not having mm -hmm. guidance. Uh, they certainly don't sit here with meaningful careers and, mm -hmm. you know, accolades and things like that next mm -hmm. to their name. So I don't want it to be blind luck for other kids. You know what I mean? <laughs> that they happen to meet yeah. the right girl who puts them on the right path yeah. or that, you mm -hmm. know, they have that stable family life. Because again, like as crazy as my story sounds, I think to a lot of people, I think it's important to remember also that like my parents were there. You know, it's yeah. not that my dad didn't care about me. Yeah. It's that he was working 85 hours a week. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not that my mom yeah. didn't care about me. Yeah. It was that she didn't, you know, mm -hmm. she saw a different path to that than maybe I needed at yeah. that exact moment in time. And like, they're yeah. doing their best. Yeah. So I had guidance in my life. I think what shocked me yeah. to a big extent coming into teaching is the amount of kids that don't have that, that, that are really out there on mm -hmm. their own. Mm -hmm. And like, it's so important, I think, for us to, to be there for those kids, to talk to those kids, to try to help them see yes. that there is a path forward here, that there is some place for you to go. And once you, you know, you find that passion because, you know, Christina didn't realize it at the time. Yeah. But she unlocked in me what I was missing, like for all those years, because mm -hmm. I was adrift, you know, mm -hmm. in the world. I didn't know what my passion was. I didn't have that thing to guide me, mm -hmm. to push me on that path. And mm -hmm. it ended up being education, it ended up being relationships, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. with students and being there for them to do it. So like kind of yeah. everything that I've done in my career is based on those relationships, is based on yeah. looking out for those kids and kind of this weird quest that I have to like save Joe Nappy. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like yeah, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna yeah. be the one to that's go awesome. back and save that kid. It's your why. And, and try to help, exactly. It's your you know, why. And I think that that fundamentally is what is so hard for you to see. Cause when you're 14, 15, it's mm -hmm. like nothing makes sense. You know, all I knew was kind of mm -hmm. anger at yeah. that point in time, you know, I knew yeah. I wasn't happy. I knew that I was angry at the things I was seeing at the world, but I felt powerless. I felt like there was nothing I could do yeah. to change that. Yeah. And now I know that's not true at all. You know, mm -hmm. every, all, every one of us has an amazing ability to impact other people. Mm -hmm. You just have to give yourself that credit to do it. And yeah. sometimes that's the hardest thing yeah. to get over. Right? Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. And it's, it gives me chills, it makes me wanna cry. My heart's like beating out of my chest talking to you because the work that I quit teaching to do is totally, you just prove to me that it's what's supposed to be done mm -hmm. because what I'm trying to do is coach the coaches, teach the teachers, 
explain to them that the bottom line of what they're doing is reaching the Joe Nappies, right, is reaching right. the Angela De La Russos. Right. My story is very similar. Right. Is is saying instead of complaining about all of the little things, it's finding that kid that needs you because mm -hmm. then that kid is going to change the world like you are. Right. And that's really what the biggest lesson is because like you said, you had guidance, some kids don't. Mm -hmm. But even the kids that do have guidance need that pat on the back. They need that, their, their eyes open, they need the hope. And um, yeah. that's what we're in the profession for. So even though I left a school building, mm -hmm. I'm still doing it every day. And being able to talk to people like you that you just put the nail on the head, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. Like it's really cool that that's like what you're doing at the core of it. it right. really and, and I was going to say, there's so many angles so to many the angles. same place. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So, I so mean, many. everybody's got to come at it from their own yeah. direction. Because yeah. it's not just like, teaching's not the only avenue no. towards that. No. And everybody's important. Yeah, I just couldn't be, you know, like, I just couldn't be in the school system anymore because you and I are different because you really liked your subject matter. Right. I mean, I liked history listening to you talk right. and I don't un even understand history. I mean, I failed it a hundred times, yeah, yeah. you know, but you would have passed my class. You would have figured it out. You got you but me, you know, science, uh, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, the periodic yeah. table was the periodic table, right, right, right. you know, and that's why like I ended up in the ED program. But regardless of that, you love the subject matter and then your kids see and I had the athletes say that they were never just taught at. They yeah. felt a part of the classroom. And it was like, it's it's really, you are very consistent in that. And you should be really proud. Yeah, well, I, I am definitely. Sure. And again, mm -hmm. I think it's an interesting, like to me, it teaches me so much because I am I just love to learn stuff. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like to me, you know, when I got to coach football, like I got to understand the game at yeah. such a level that I had never even considered before. And like after doing it for 11 years, like I don't know any, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I meet someone like Coach Moscow. Like Moscow's forgotten more things about football than I've ever known. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, my entire life, you, you, you just realize like yeah. how complex and how different the world is to see that. And like one of the great things about, you know, whether you're coaching or whether you're in this is you getting to meet all these mm -hmm. different perspectives on the world and hear their stories and think about things in different ways. Cause I've really had kids that like challenge me, challenge yeah. my worldview because I've never thought about it from their perspective. You know yeah. what I mean? I didn't have to walk in their shoes yeah. and no two stories are the same. So you hear that. And yeah. again, I think that's, that's what I love about history too. Yeah. because for me, I'm always looking for like, you know, all right, I'm going to do this thing, but like who, yeah. <laughs> somebody must have done this before right like we've <laughs> yeah. been you know we've been here for thousands of years somebody must yeah. have tried this um and to hear those stories mm -hmm. in the past especially people who have done like such amazing things yeah and come out the other side yeah from it, and and to experience those things i mean like i do a lot of stuff obviously with the holocaust and i was just gonna these, say i yeah, want to know what you're most passionate about right and, and you meet i mean for me it's been like relationships with holocaust survivors i mean especially yeah. like I, I get to work at brookdale with manny lindenbaum and wow. manny lindenbaum was uh, Holocaust survivor whose parents essentially had like an unthinkable choice. Like they were trapped in Poland, surrounded by the Nazis, and there was no way for them to get out. Mm -hmm. The only way, the only thing they could do was to send their children away with strangers. Wow. Like, and you like think about that idea of like, I'm yeah. just going to give my kids away on trust. And like, they knew that was the best shot. It was the best chance for them to get out of here. Mm -hmm. So he, as you know, a 11 year old kid is taken from his parents and put on a boat with strangers and sent over to England. I mean, he doesn't speak English. He doesn't do yeah. this. He's torn apart from his parents. I mean, like all the stuff that he went through over there, his sister, who was, uh, I believe 16 at the time, um, was supposed to travel with him. 
Wow. And sort of the tragic part of the story is that, you know, the cutoff age was supposed to be 17. England was willing to let kids in, mm-hmm. but they didn't want adults because mm-hmm. this is during the Great Depression. They were scared they were going to steal jobs mm-hmm. from people who needed them. So his sister goes to get on the boat and they deny her. The mm-hmm. boat captain thought that the cutoff was 15. And because he thought that, she ended up not being able to get on. And she kind of, like, forces her younger brothers on, like, get on the boat, go, you, you're you free. You know, get them to, to safety. And she stays back. And, like, Manny goes over, suffers through the entire war, doesn't know mm-hmm. what happened to his family, and finds out on the other side that they were murdered by the Nazis. His sister died, you know, pushed him on the boat and, and ends up dying on the other side. And, like, for, like, a lot of people that would be the moment where you started hating humanity or where you, you know, you know, got lost in that sort of misery. But Manny chose to focus not on the horrors that he had gone through, but on the people that had saved his life. Because the other side of that story, you know, it's easy for us to focus on the negative and to see, you know, all the horrible things that happened to him. But what he saw in that story was, you know, these people were total strangers. They didn't know me mm-hmm. they, from anybody else. And they went out of their way and risked their lives to save me. Mm-hmm. And he really felt like, you know, he could do that for other people. And that yeah. became sort of his focus in life. So he spent the rest of his life working with refugees who were like fleeing from unbelievable places and trying to help them get to see. I mean, like the guy's like a, a real life superhero. And like yeah. you talk to yes. him and like to sit here and listen to him and, and like to have gone through that perspective and come out on the other side, like that's the yeah. lesson that he got out of it. Like, it's just unbelievable to think about mm-hmm. how much power you really have. Mm-hmm. You know, like those mm-hmm. are extreme situations, certainly. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, you every coach, every teacher, oh, yeah. every person like that has that ability to reach that kid yes. that's lost and mm-hmm. to bring them back, you know, mm-hmm. and give them an opportunity to really strive and succeed and find that passion mm-hmm. that's going to, you know, it just multiplies. I mean, yeah, it multiplies sure. out when you go through. So. And the mindset. Yeah. Yeah. yeah without His a doubt. mindset. Like yeah. taking to what happened to him and say, all right, now I'm going to give to other people and I'm going to look at it positively when he could have right. tanked it. Right. Completely. Right. right. Yeah. Right. And I mean, honestly, like, I wouldn't have blamed him if he had that. You know what I mean? In that circumstance, like, like, I can't, I can't, uh, I I would totally understand. Yeah. Now, a quick message to shout out our sponsor, Birkin Manor Real Estate, a family owned real estate company with a team of highly seasoned professionals who are dedicated to giving you a one of a kind home buying experience. But, um, yeah, those stories and like really the power of the individual stories, and there's so many of them throughout history. There's so many people who are in impossible circumstances who could have took the easy way out but they decided no i'm gonna stand up for what's right i'm gonna do what's right here i'm gonna try to help somebody out no matter what the risk is and like that to me is inspiring you know when i have a a bad day and i'm dragging and i don't Mm want to do this you know at that point in time like those are the stories that i think about and they're all around us right and kids like i you know one of my dreams is to bring to light that they are all around us Mm -hmm. because they're happening like when you think someone's not going through something, they are, and no one realizes how powerful their story is. And when they right. share it, they're changing at least one person's life. Mm-hmm. And that's really a, a powerful thing to remember, especially like, especially these kids who think that they're, well, I mean, I'm sure I know why they think that way with social media and everything that they say about kids these mm-hmm. days. But, you know, it's our job to remind them that they are different, they are unique, and they can do it, you know? Right. So it's, so what is your like, you're with your kids now, your dad. Yeah, so yep, we're going to yep. talk about dad, Joe. Mm-hmm. And uh, what is the one thing that you really want them to know about just life? Like, what do you want them to carry with them no matter what? Um, 
I think for me, it's about happiness, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I stress for them a lot mm -hmm. that like what makes me happy is not necessarily going to make you happy. Mm -hmm. And I've seen a lot of stuff. I mean, this is, I think, is the hardest thing to deal with with any kid. <laughs> yeah. Is, you know, when you're young, you're invincible and you yeah. feel like you know everything. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So, like, to hear from me to tell you those yeah. stories, that's fine. You know, mm -hmm. I, I try not to be the, uh, you know, let me tell you about uh, walking yeah. to school both ways uphill in the <laughs> snow guy. Um, I want to more give them opportunities to explore their own passions and try to figure out what it is yeah. that drives them. I love that. Um, and make sure that they're supported in those interests. Like, I try not to be like, you know, you signed up for it. Like, I'm a commitment guy. You know, if mm -hmm. you make a commitment, you need to follow through on that commitment. But I'm also not, you know, my, my older daughter, she signed up to play soccer um, and really didn't love it. And mm -hmm. she stuck it out for the season and she played and she, she mm -hmm. followed her responsibilities and she did everything. You know, she wrote a thank you note to her coach at the Aww. end of the season and that yeah. was it. But then, you know, that's fine, Gianna. If you don't, if that's not what speaks mm -hmm. to you, I'm not going to drag you to soccer for the next 30 years and force <laughs> yeah. you to be, you know, to live out my dreams of you going D1. And then, yeah. you know what I mean? Like for me, it's like, well, what, what are you passionate about? So let's go try this and let's yeah. go try that. Um, and let's do it because I feel like a lot of life is trying on different hats right, mm -hmm. and trying to see what fits. And yeah. it's OK to not know. And it's yeah. OK to experience things. Yeah. And again, I, I, I think I stress to them, you know, if you say you're going to do something, then do it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And be real with someone. If you really are not feeling it and that's what it is, that's OK. That's and okay. people understand that. I mean, I remember I'm still friends with this kid, but I remember, uh, you know, coaching freshman football mm -hmm. and having a kid who came out to try to be quarterback. You know, and he gave it his all. He tried it, um, but it just was not happening for him. You know, he was not not excited about it. He didn't love it. I could see yeah. him like dragging himself to practice and doing that sort of stuff. Um, and we had a convo, you know, because I always made time to talk with my players and, you know, yeah. talk to them about where he was. And he was like, you know, I think I want to be in the band. Mm -hmm. And I walked him down to Jerry Romano and we, we talked about the band and yeah. the transition and all that <laughs> stuff over there. And I'm like, go be the best band, you know, player that you yeah. can be, man. Like, that's what it is. Yeah. And I appreciated that, you know, that who, he who was, was that kid? he was honest enough uh, to come to me. And, was and he in the say, play? Uh, he did end up in that too. And he's still in a uh, marching band over here. The names is, I'm so bad with names. I apologize uh, off the top of my head. I have room in my head, Ange, for like 125 names. Yeah. And I no, have a uh, hundred students right now. You know what I mean? So I know, goes, I know, I know. No, it'll, and it'll, it'll, I'm trying to think of his name I, too. I know so the first name it. is Noah, but I don't know okay. the last name. Okay. I, the last name is a I'm thinking of somebody different because Noah, I would remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was Noah. I, I can't remember the last That's name, but again, right. great kid. And, yeah. and like, again, like I appreciated I know that he probably took some flack from other players mm -hmm. on the team that he mm -hmm. ended up walking off and going on the band. And I'm sure he went into that. But like the bravery that that kid had yeah. to tell me the truth. Yeah. You know what I mean? And That's to say so that to me, like, I really appreciated that. And yeah. I wasn't going to beat him up about it. I wanted no. to encourage him yeah. to go and do what spoke to him. Because yeah. at the end of the day, like, that's what it's about. You yeah. know what I mean? It's about finding what you're passionate about, what drives you. Um, and that's what I try to instill in my daughters is mm -hmm. like, I'm not, I'm not a high pressure. I, I have high expectations mm -hmm. for you, especially if you're going to say that you're going to do something. I expect yeah. you to yeah. put your all into it and to try and to be committed and to, you know, people are depending on you, you know, especially yeah. if it's a team sport, but at the same time, like you got to figure out what, what speaks to you. And again, yeah. for me, in, in terms of happiness, like one of the things that I find brings me the most happiness is helping other people yeah so you know what i mean those experiences mm -hmm. of volunteerism mm -hmm. and doing things with the girl scouts and things like that like i 
really like to take a moment with my daughters and just let them reflect on like where their mindset That's is so at cool. these moments. Cause I think it's important to reinforce that mm-hmm. for them. Like the way you mm-hmm. feel when you come back from working at a homeless mm-hmm. shelter, you know, feeding mm-hmm. people meals that they wouldn't have had if you weren't mm-hmm. out there doing that. Yeah, like that's excellent. a great feeling. And that's something that, you yes. know, drives you to want to do it down the line. And again, I think a lot of times people are looking for happiness outside of them. Yes. You know, I always make the joke to my kids, like, you know, you can't buy happiness. You can buy a jet ski. Jet ski. You know, you <laughs> that would make you happy you can't too. Not be happy on a jet oh, ski. I hate you know jet what I mean? Don't, the pro- really? Yes. Oh, right, they make me go, they go so fast, and I don't know. I don't like things that go really all right, fast. So this is a bad analogy. That's a bad for analogy, for but me, it's, I, I get it. We all have different you know what I'm happiness. So whatever that thing is that's in there too. But you, you know what I'm saying? But like I always say, like eventually you're gonna have to get off the jet ski. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yes. you can't you can't live on the jet ski. So you're gonna have to figure <laughs> out another way to be happy besides that tool. That yes. that cool toy is gonna make you happy for a little while. Yes. But at the end of the day, like you got to go to bed yeah. with yourself. You know yeah. what I mean? And if you're not looking in the mirror and you're not happy with what's happening, like that's really what you got to focus on. Sure. And you got to go through that. And that to me is like more, I mean, I do it as a dad, but I also bring it to my students too, yeah. because it's like at the end of the day, I would love it if they all came out as, uh, you know, doctors of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, history and going out there between that too. But I'm just as happy if they're happy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's what I want to say. I want to see them later on. Yeah. And that they're happy and that they're content and that they're helping other people and, mm-hmm. you know, helping us build a more positive world. Like yeah. That's what that's the what community I really service love. thing is really big. I've mm-hmm. always uh, admired you for that and the key club and everything you did with that. I'm seeing the big difference, bringing it into all in athletes, the community side, the way I see the kids light up, no. giving them that experience is, is really changed them. And the fact you're doing it with your kids is awesome. And that leads me into the next thing, you know, always admired your marriage you know yeah. you and christina you definitely complement each other um very she passionate de- she about deserves what you do. most of the credit for this stuff. yeah she, she yeah. should be here accepting would, the, yeah, the award so, for tolerating me somehow for oh all no and uh i would say probably the second thing that slapped you in the face was when you had your heart attack oh without a doubt yes yeah, and so yeah. i remember like having that i saw the way that your wife stood by your side mm-hmm. and got you in shape and and just she was she's all about yoga she's all about that healthy eating mindset meditation and and i really um i really think that's great i'd like you to go into a little bit of the keys of your marriage well here's one of the the background stories on that too that i don't think anybody really knows is that christina was considering transition and out of education so we were at that point in serious discussions about her purchasing a yoga studio okay like that's what we were talking about and i was obviously hesitant about it. you know i'm the poor kid here so i'm like i get super nervous about the dollars and cents of this of like how are we gonna pay the bills what's gonna happen you know like i get into that and she was really driving because i i think she felt like she had hit a wall at at a certain point in there Mm -hmm. she was frustrated by the system frustrated by this um and she wanted to go pursue her passion so it was like we were kind of having this this delicate dance and then uh when I had the heart attack, you know, she dropped everything and just mm-hmm. came to me. So uh, again, like I had a 36, mm-hmm. um, you know, benefits of exercise over there too. <laughs> you know, I had a heart attack for 16 hours Ugh. and I'm alive. And a lot of that, you know, the doctors told me you that had a heart lot attack of, for 16 hours, 16 hours. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a glutton smokes. for punishment apparently oh for that. Oh my so, God, you are it, a resilient, my I, man. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. I'm hard to kill. I go over there as bay rats. We never die. <laughs> Uh, that's it. But the, uh, yeah, yeah. So I had it for all the time. And then one of the things the doctor said to me was that because I was actually, you know, cardiovascularly in pretty good shape, okay. that that's one of the reasons why I was able to live through that having wow. two fully blocked arteries, you know what I mean? Yeah. And still managed yeah. to walk myself into the emergency room. Wow. My uncle deserves a big uh, thing too. So I had, uh, 
I started feeling sick the night before yeah. I had, we had stuffed peppers for dinner and I thought mm. like, oh man, mm. you know, maybe I'm, I'm, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm having a little heartburn, blah, 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 blah. I really couldn't sleep, but really with it, I know a lot of people like bug out now and here, you know, I yeah. got heartburn, I'm having a heart attack. Like, yeah. I also felt like something was horribly wrong. Yeah. So I would say, you know, for warning, I didn't have the classic, you know, oh, you yeah. know, crutch my chest kind of heart attack. But I had this just feeling that mm. everything was wrong mm. and I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't sleep that night. I had a final exam the next morning. So I went in and gave the final exam. Mm. After the final exam, my buddy's mother had passed away. So I was mm. going up to Bayonne to the funeral. So I went home. I got changed. I mm. drove up to Bayonne. And when I walked into the funeral hall, I collapsed in the oh. funeral. Hall. So by that point in time, I had started having that heart attack at like eight o'clock the night before. And this was like four o'clock the next day oh, when that happened. Yeah. And I collapsed at the thing. And I thought I was just dehydrated. I was like, I drank some coffee. You know what I mean? You're, yeah. 30, you're 36. So it's like, it's yeah. not a heart attack. I'm not having any of these things. That's it. Um, and my uncle was at the funeral. You know, he lived in Bayonne too. So he had shown up to show respects to Joe's mom. Uh, and he was like, no, you go to the, because I was going to drive home. Yeah. And if I drove home, I was dead. Like yeah. I would have, because I crashed after that. They had to resuscitate me with shock paddles. So that would have happened with me doing about 80 on the turnpike mm -hmm. by the time that, that that came home. And uh, Uncle Neil told me when he was there, he's like, no, I, I didn't want to go to Bayonne Hospital. All, all my relatives have horrible experiences at Bayonne Hospital. He was like, come with me. There's a new emergency center that opened yeah. up around the corner. So come over there. Let's yeah. just get checked out. Uh, and he talked me into walking over there. So mm -hmm. I went over there to the thing, and then they told me I was having a heart attack and rushed me into surgery and, and the thing. It was It's a surreal moment yeah. to have that. And then by the time they got me to the hospital, I crashed out again. So I literally, like, woke up in surgery. Oh, wow. They had shocked me back, I yeah. guess, the consciousness and everything like that to go through it um, and did that. So, you know, she stopped everything. Mm -hmm. and came to me because i mean obviously at that point in time i didn't know what the, i don't know what this means am yeah. i going to be able to go back to work am i going to be able to do what yeah. i'm doing did i give myself a heart attack you know what i mean yeah. like I, am i so intense and in, and in doing all the stuff that i did that i drove myself into an early grave here what, yeah. what's going on um and it turns out that i had uh there's a genetic condition in my family okay. about processing cholesterol so really like the moral of the story is i should have been on medication since i was 16 and i found out 20 years oh, too late okay so good yeah. news bad news but yeah. the, the bad yeah. news is i had to drastically change my diet so yeah. you know what i mean so it's uh mm. you know uh neen tells the funny story about telling this to swamp uh <laughs> when she she came in and he was like wait you can't have uh you can't have mozzarella he can't have uh he can't have any parm what are you talking about? what about chicken parm he was like going listing out all the parms that i couldn't uh, have it's a very true italian, italian. Yeah, true I was italian. Say, very italian reaction to my problem there and i feel it trust me i still feel it now uh but you so know you I still have none of that food uh occasion i mean like i could do a little bit here yeah. and there but i gotta be selective yeah you know what i mean sure. everything in moderation okay um but i'm on medication too which okay. helps me somewhat but i i went through everything because you know mm. i was it wasn't i was not the uh my diet routine was not the, the pinnacle no. of excellence let's put it that way all right for that so i had to change a lot of things about my life um after that happened and again it was another moment where like it was like prioritize like what yeah. are you doing here you know yeah. what i mean i'm doing 50 different things at this point in time mm -hmm. uh am i what is it that really matters to me and where do i feel like i can make the best difference because I, I mean again like i think this is one of those things about having adhd is you know i see this shiny thing and i'm like hey all right let's do yeah. this let's do that that's great yeah. this is awesome this is I great understand. and it's a it's a amazing superpower too at the same time because like yeah. once you get focused on something and you're like i want to do this it's like yeah i'm in it you know yeah. what i mean like i i will not eat you know what i mean because yeah. i'm just like i yes. gotta get this done i gotta mm -hmm. do this 
um, and do that. But the question I think, and the thing that we kind of came to after that is like, well, where am I best directing myself? And one of the things that I felt like after having that was that I didn't feel like I had done enough to truly dedicate myself in the classroom. And I know that seemed kind of weird at that time to have that yeah. conversation with Christina, but I was like, I really feel like I could do even more yeah. if I was truly focused mm -hmm. on that. Um, and she did. And I'm just like back to her sort of reaction on this, too. I think one of the things that kept her here was like the tremendous response from the Monmouth Regional Community mm -hmm. to us. Yeah. Because it was like, what do you need? And, yeah. you know, to take the days that you got to go. You know, yeah. it wasn't like getting hassled over, oh, like, no. you know, you don't have enough personal days yeah, or something like that was, to do that. Yeah. Like he, he was, was phenomenal. So phenomenal with, yeah. with letting her go and like our our you know the people who stepped up for us in our departments and mm -hmm. cleaned out my room which if you've ever seen the episode of hoarders that is my room <laughs> and like that is no small undertaking you know what i mean to, to, i didn't to, know that about you oh I yeah it's, it's bad okay it's bad. I, right. I, i'll be accused of many things but being overly organized is never gonna be no the, the gun. <laughs> so for her and my wife and, and like our departments and, and again like it reminds you of what's important it reminded yeah. us of that family that we had they reminded how much people cared for and respected mm -hmm. us and i i mean honestly it's why she's still teaching i think yeah. right now is that moment was mm -hmm. wasn't like a fear of you know uh, now i'm financially unstable it was like you know this really is important i think the yeah. conversations we had with me about like focusing on the classroom i think also inspired her to be like you know let me turn in yeah and really look at this and really be the best that we could so like a lot of the things that came out of that afterwards yeah. are the reason why Again. i'm sitting here as state teacher of the year because i like focused in mm -hmm. on this is really my mm -hmm. mission like this yeah. is my purpose this is what i want to do yeah and again hopefully to expand that out i mean that's one of the great things i think about this position is that i yeah. get to go out and share my experience and share my story with other people in the hopes that they can yeah. think about things differently because yeah. i mean again like other you know we we run the mammoth helping its own charity yes. in there christina and i are both part of that at, at the high school but like that came out of a student you know, we had a student who it was my second year mm -hmm. teaching and she came into class. It was like, you know, I she was a problem mm -hmm. student, mm -hmm. you know, the one who was the senior <laughs> taking US yeah. two and needed mm -hmm. it to graduate. And yeah, she's a pain and nobody yeah. listens to her. And that was it. And like those were the kids that I used to laser in. on. I'm like, All right, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, I'm going to get They're to know best. you. I want to know this. And uh, me and her had a pretty cool thing going. Like mm -hmm. we were, we, I thought things were going great. And then it was like Friday. It was supposed to be like a chill class. We were playing a mm -hmm. review game. We were having some fun. It wasn't like anything serious. And uh, she just was not having it. Like mm -hmm. from the moment she came in, she was angry and head mm -hmm. down and the whole thing. So like, what you know, take your day, have your time, you know, go over there, do you, I'm going to leave yeah. you alone. And at the end of the period, I walked up to her and was just like, hey, you know, not for nothing. But we got the test on Monday. So, you know, your grades, like you're hovering right at a 70. You probably want to look at the study guide. And I gave her a second. And she like threw it at me, flipped the desk over, mm -hmm. cursed me out, walked down in the hallway. And like it was like upstairs in the 500 when yes. we got that little overlook of the baseball mm -hmm. field. And she picked the chair up and smashed the window out in the upstairs thing and then went downstairs. So it was like. To me, like, what was that? You know, like, yeah. two, 20 minutes ago, we were cool, and now yeah. it's just like all this is happening. So it, it was hard, you know. Obviously, you got to do your paperwork and, you know, follow yeah. where is she, everything like that. But I, I happened to be walking out of school that day, and she was sitting outside, and I walked up to her, and, you know, I'm like, what what was that like what i don't understand this. like i've always been respectful to you like what what is the deal and she just started crying and mm -hmm. broke down to me and told me uh you know her mother had gone to atlantic city 10 days ago 
Uh, she didn't have any food in the house. The only reason she was even coming to school was because she needed food to eat. So she mm -hmm. was coming and grabbing this all day. And mm -hmm. all anybody cared about was her grades. And, and it's like, you know, of course, like I'm focused on a test here. Mm -hmm. And this kid's whole life is falling apart mm -hmm. around her. Um, so we went back. Her guidance counselor was Joe Madoni. So we went down and met with Joe in the office and tried to figure this out. And we were both like taking the money out of our pockets, giving mm -hmm. it to her, making sure that she had some food. Uh, and stuff like that we had to you know call social services now because like where's yeah. mom and where's the sister and all that sort of stuff um and you know after he left me and joe just sat in that office and talked about it and he was like telling me like these stories you know yeah. like how he hears this all the time and this yeah. sort of stuff and how there used to be a superintendent fund and they used to do something about it but that fell off years ago and we always wanted to do this and like i just couldn't get her story out of my head you know what I mean? yeah. like i checked up with her over the weekend to make sure everything was cool yeah. you know you got food everything like that and, uh, you know, that, that was the weekend I sat down and wrote the charter for Mammoth Help and his own. I was like, yeah. let's try to do something together. So me and Joe worked on it and, you know, then pitched it to the board and then pitched it to the staff and did all that sort of stuff. Awesome. But it's like over the years, like I've yeah. heard so many of oh, these yeah. stories of yeah. kids who are just facing like unbelievable mm -hmm. stuff. And again, mm -hmm. I think a lot of people look at our district as like, oh, what's a suburban district? It's a nice yeah. year at the shore. You know, it's yeah. nice and places like that. But it's like. This no. is everywhere, you know, yeah. it's all over it's the whole everywhere. country. It's not just Monmouth. It's yes. everywhere that this stuff happens. And I think mm -hmm. for a lot of teachers, you know, not to be disrespectful towards them in any way, but a lot of teachers get into it because they're passionate about their subject area. You yes. know what I mean? I'm going to I'm going to bring you that knowledge of math. I'm going to bring you that knowledge of science. Yeah. And that's great. And like, you know, that's that's your passion. That's what you need to do. Um, but I think sometimes we stop to think you don't always stop to think as teachers about how. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm building this this special seed here. I've got my lesson plan and, you know, my fun <laughs> activity and all this stuff that's going to happen. But if this kid, if this kid, yeah, I, I know you get, you get it. You know, I get crazy about yeah, lesson yeah, plans. You know what I'm saying? But like, I mean, people think that like, you know, if I plan enough yeah. stuff and I have it perfect, that this oh, is yeah, going to work. And it's like, if this kid's no. life is falling apart to sitting care. in front of you, like that's mm -hmm. the real issue yeah. you got to deal with right yeah. now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I know it's not fair. Like, I know a lot of people are like, I just want to teach and I just yeah. want to do that. But it's like, that's really not the no, job a lot of times. You know what I mean? Not, it's relationships. You said it from it the is, very beginning. hundred percent. And that, you right? were able to go back, circle back, find that kid. And there's no coincidence there. And yeah. uh, it's it's exactly what it is. That a lot of these kids, the ones that are acting out the most are the ones that need it the most, mm -hmm. as you've seen through the years. And right. the, I didn't know that Mama's Helping Its Own came out of that, but that was a really awesome program. Right. Yeah. Right. That's pretty wild. And again, it's had such tremendous yeah. support from the staff. Too, yeah. The staff has been the one that's given us all these yeah, donations over absolutely. the years. So like, you know, mm -hmm. I sit here like I get credit for, but I mean, like they're yeah. the ones who've given up, you know, they went on teacher salaries and have thrown mm -hmm. out 75 grand to these kids over, yeah. you know, 16 years that yeah, we've been doing awesome. So, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I mean, that when you see the community come together and that's i think one of the things that i've always loved about mama yeah. is that you know we have our differences and we have our fights and we get into you know yeah. different nonsense <laughs> but when the rubber really meets the road yeah. and when you really have that hard time this moment like that like mm -hmm. you really see the community come together yeah and do it there's and, a real good core group of right, people right, there. right right definitely, mm -hmm. definitely 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 and sometimes yeah. it's easy to get distracted from that for fight, sure you know what i mean yeah it, it's really a struggle yeah and yeah. it's in every school yeah now yeah, that yeah. i'm able to go into other schools mm -hmm. um it's everywhere. It's yeah. everybody has their people. Everybody has their core group. Everybody has their issues. Everybody has the kids. It's all the same problems everywhere. I mean, Tim, you're around teachers way more than I am in all yeah. different districts. And I'm sure the stories just I work for an organization now called lead you. Mm -hmm. And, um, we go do in and do assemblies, a lot of with the little kids and, um, we're all t used to be teachers. So we're all teachers who left before 
we could get our pension and um but we still went back to make a difference somehow right. so i do it because i always wanted to see how to motivate the little kids i mean they're so freaking cute but um it's interesting because then we get together and what do we do we just talk about teaching and it's yeah. like we sometimes smack ourselves like you know when it's in you it's in you you yeah. know yeah. and the relationships matter so um yeah definitely yeah so what is your uh, one piece of advice for a kid as hmm. we wind down? One piece of advice. That's hard. I got a lot. You probably my, have a lot. Give me problem. some of your one-liners. Yeah, I'm verbose. Yes. I'm verbose to go over there. I don't, I know, I don't have that. I don't have that one one-liner. You don't have a one-liner. I, I don't know if I have that one one-liner to go over there. But I mean, again, I, I would just come back to that happiness. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I think that to me yeah. is a driving force because I think when you really understand what happiness is. Yeah happiness is service to others yes right and that's really service what it is so i feel like when you talk about happiness and you talk about that i know some people think of happiness is like a very selfish thing no but i don't think so i think it's like yeah. finding a balance and finding an yeah. understanding of how that is and finding out what makes you happy and setting boundaries for yourself and knowing those sort of things because that's super important i mean like it, it might surprise you know people to hear even for me like you know i turn my phone off at times you know i'm gonna yeah. stop answering my email i have to be well, joe yeah. nappy and not uh you know mr nappy yeah from different points in time like exactly. you have to have that. i mean there's a great i mean if we're looking at this for kids mm -hmm. i think that to me is is like try yeah. on those hats find out what you're passionate about don't be afraid to fail don't be afraid of what yes. other people think i know for kids especially they live in a world and i felt this too like i was always on stage like everyone mm -hmm. was so focused on me and everyone was looking at me and i have to you know, kind of please the crowd and make them happy. But I think one thing you understand as you get older in life is that no matter what you do, you're always going to have haters. You know what I mean? There's always going to be Amen, somebody. No, brother. Ma no matter what you do, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, I, I, you, yeah. you, my brother shared a good song with uh, a rap song with me yesterday that was about that, where it's like, no matter what you do, you lose. So like, yeah. it doesn't matter. It doesn't so, matter. You know, so don't worry about what, mm -hmm. what other people think. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you know, when you turn out the lights and when you go to bed, it's you. Mm -hmm. You're the one that you have to be happy with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're happy, and if you're satisfied with what you're doing and you feel like you're making a difference, that mm -hmm. just changes everything, changes yes. your entire outlook on life. So right. really, that's that to me is it. And it's a journey. You know yeah. what I mean? It took me 36 years, you know, what yeah. I mean, to fully, yeah. fully realize and understand yeah. where I was, you know, what I was put here to do. So yeah. it's not something that I expect you at 14. If you got that that immediate yeah. understanding of passion, <laughs> that, that would be an incredible achievement. Yeah. But I so. mean, you just look at all the stories that have happened. Every one of them was about resilience, but you had to go through them right. to get here. Right. And that's what, you know, the big message for kids. To, yeah, you better. had to fail. You, yeah. had, you had to fall down. You had to get picked up by the people that love you. Right. You had right. to learn. You had to see people's perspe perspectives. You had to find your why. So yeah, it's the I'm best. The best teacher. I have Joe Nappy sitting in front of me right now, full of verbose. That's what. That's a great <laughs> thing to say. And there are three of my favorite words that I'm actually writing a book and almost finished are uh, courage, grit, and mm. gratitude. Mm. So I want to hear. Love grit. I want to um, hear from Joe Nappy. What is courage to you? You got a minute to talk about each one. Okay. So courage, the, the most important part of courage is being yourself. 
that okay. to me is the most one of that. the most courageous acts mm-hmm. that you can do is to truly be yourself okay at all times because i know that's something that i struggled with throughout yeah. my life with that because i i suffer even now like like imposter syndrome like, oh, do i, so do I really belong here am i that you know i mean you read day i go places mm-hmm. they read these accolades about me and i'm like who's this guy this guy <laughs> sounds pretty good that they're talking about you know what i mean so it's real right there but i mean again it's hard to be yourself mm-hmm. but it there's nothing more courageous I think than being yourself and that to me is is courage like if you 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 find yourself everything else will make sense over there it's it's a journey but yeah it takes courage to get there grit grit's the best word I mean yeah grit's on I mean like I said you know um grit if everything's easy for you yeah you don't value it yes you know what I mean Mm -hmm. it's those moments where you really understand how challenging it is out there in the world that makes your successes so valuable so grit i think and staying with it and just having that commitment and again that's that comes from knowing yourself because once you you know i i i've only lived as me Ange, but mm-hmm. i'll tell you like when i really feel something when i'm like i absolutely believe this mm-hmm. no matter what i'm gonna stay on that path yeah, i get fire. knocked down i get knocked you know whatever has to happen has to happen but i'm gonna see it through like and again mm-hmm. i think that comes from the courage to believe in yourself right mm-hmm. and that grit is what you're gonna need in order to get there if you don't have grit you know mm-hmm. you're yeah. never going to make it on this journey because it's not going to be easy nothing yeah. nothing in life worth doing is ever easy oh, not, thank you for not, saying not, that not. it isn't yeah. and you've been building that grit since you were 14 mm-hmm. and that's why it burns so strong inside of you because mm-hmm. you get it and lastly gratitude what do yeah, you think without, about gratitude without a doubt i mean you have to stop and think about all the things that have gone your way and broken yeah. your way and the people who stood with you mm-hmm. at different times who were out there like i'm tremendously grateful for not just where i am right now but for the people who are on this journey with me mm-hmm. right like i'm unbelievably grateful for all of those students that i've gotten to meet over the years for mm-hmm. my children for my family for mm-hmm. my wife for my mm-hmm. you know all these people who are with me for the friends that i've mm-hmm. had along the way while we sit here and again yeah. like that's where you really get to kind of savor the mm-hmm. work that you've done is in that gratitude and yes. again i think when you talk about being happy over there like yeah. you have to stop it can't always be like like part of being successful is a drive to get there you you mm-hmm. have to have that vision you mm-hmm. have to have that drive but you got to also be grateful for those paths along yes. like that's gonna that's the fuel that you're gonna use to mm-hmm. eventually reach that goal is yes. to understand how grateful i am in that in yes. that situation that's yeah. awesome cool yeah, that's those are awesome. good words. I'm, those are good I'm excited words, right? for this book. Yeah, it's, uh, the, the... it's called Soar into the Storms. Nice. So kind of wrote it at a tough time within the past year and uh, kind of went back through all my stories as well and said, uh, used the analogy of a storm and the parts of the storm mm-hmm. to talk about like how you get here. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, having you today. I mean, first of all, you inspired me to, you know, to keep going. Any person that even is on the right path needs to be inspired. And you can say that as well. Mm-hmm. Like, even though I'm teacher of the year, I'm doing all of these things. There are days everybody needs to be inspired. So yeah. there were so many times during this talk that I was meant to talk to you, meant to reconnect with you, bring mm-hmm. you on here for everyone to hear, like the, just the wisdom that you have, just the story that you keep going. And, um, and I just thank you for taking the time out. I know it's about the holidays and yeah. well, you're I mean. about to, 
you know, go out and meet tons of new people. So we'll have to bring you back on and, you know, That's hear right. how that journey went for the next six months. Yeah. Definitely. Thanks for having me. Shout yeah. out to Eric too. Yes, for, Eric. Uh, this we, incredible student, for, former student. Former Mammoth yeah, right. Regional graduate. Yeah. over there. Yep. Takes good care of me and helps me grow this and That's build it. my dream. I've so. got some embarrassing commercials he did when he was in my class. Oh, we should, we should the, play them at the, the, the end of this. Throw those over here and throw those back. <laughs> the, the mass of me. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Remember, every small step counts in the journey towards self-improvement. Keep it real, empower those around you, and let's break barriers together. Much love and gratitude, AT.